that we're going through, this pandemic. And I wanted today to talk about what our connection with God looks like during this time. Um, how are we connected to God? What is our personal relationship, our personal connection with God? Um, and what does that look like through this pandemic? And we have lost a lot of things going through this crisis, haven't we? Uh, we have lost high fives and hugs. I already saw a post this last week warning the person who is a hugger that she is going to be holding on for dear life every time she hugs you when we get back to normal. Um, hanging out with our friends, doing school at school. I know that's a whole different dynamic, which, by the way, Carrie and I are very glad that we, <laughs> we just missed that by a year. Uh, the boys are doing online already. Uh, but I cannot imagine, parents, um, all the extra work that's going into school at home. Uh, we miss, we've missed uh, going to the movies. Uh, my Friday mornings with Carrie is, is, is different now. Uh, being able to use facial recognition on my iPhone. I have a list. That's the most annoying thing. I'm in the store. I try to pull up my phone for something, and facial recognition doesn't work with a mask on. So you got to type in your code. It, is that a, that's first world problems, I know. Um, our sports, our dinner dates, proms, birthday parties, which, by the way, the drive-bys are really cool. Um, if you have a birthday party coming up, the drive-by, the Zoom surprise party, and who would have thought the drive-bys and wearing masks into a store was allowed at this time? Um, weddings. We, I've known a couple of weddings that had to get postponed, funerals. Um, I know all too well about that, uh, being delayed to even go back and do a, a service for my father is, has been very annoying. Um, and so we are going through all of this. We've lost a lot of things at church. Uh, we're missing out on corporate worship together. The Bible studies, which we have online, but Bible study person to person, uh, actual face to face is gone. Uh, the in-person fellowship. We've had to cancel a musical and Easter party and, and there's probably things coming up also that we're, we're going to have to postpone. But we are making plans, like I said, for this return, the celebration. But I keep saying to myself, man, I miss church. I miss the, being here. I really need church. And being back into the normalcy of a routine, uh, the normalcy of doing corporate worship together, and, and having that encouragement with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And then it got me thinking that, yes, church is upside down right now. There's things we have gone digital and online. So we haven't really lost church. We've lost the fellowship at church. Um, but God hasn't changed in the midst of all of this. He is still the same God that we worship, still the same God that we uh, have a relationship with. And... We have, he is still fully accessible. We might have lost some church stuff, but we haven't lost full access to God the Father. And that's what I want to talk about this morning is, is God is still there, full, fully accessible. And how are we in our personal relationship making that connection? And prayer isn't limited in this time. Reading our Bible isn't limited in this time. Um, it might look different, but we still have this absolute connection with God that has not gone away and will never go away. So I was thinking about my own personal relationship with God. And, and yes, and I'm glad you're not here for me to see your jaws drop. 
I have a hard time sometimes with my personal quiet time, my relationship with God time, that's not relying on church. Um, I have caught myself over many weeks and months of my 32 years of ministry relying on studying for, preparing for a Bible study I'm about to give or a sermon I'm preparing for as my quiet time. And that's not really fair to my relationship with God, uh, that I'm not on my own truly pursuing that time with Him. Um, there's times that I didn't feel like showing up to church and then realized, well, I'm on staff. I kind of need to be here. Um, and just because I, I work at church doesn't mean my relationship with God is any better than someone who doesn't. Let me say that again. Just because I work at church doesn't mean my relationship with God is any better than someone who doesn't. Um, it takes as much effort for myself as a pastor to, to have that quiet time and build that faith relationship with God. So I imagine this, you know, we, we have a little bit of connection with online and we're doing church differently, but what if all of this was gone? Uh, what if there wasn't church to, to go to at all, online or otherwise? What if I didn't have leadership, a pastor to feed into me, a, a Bible study to feed into me, a Bible study teacher? What if it truly was all up to me on my own? Not relying on a worship service, not relying on a Bible study or a ministry event only, uh, but truly what does my personal relationship look like with everything gone and completely reliant on my effort to reach out in my relationship with God? And so that's kind of my question to all of us. Um, what does what does church look like if we were to take all of this away? I've used this with the youth a number of times as they are continuing to discover their faith away from their parents' faith, um, discovering what looks like life looks like as they leave the comfort of home and go off to school or their career, whatever. What if you were to take all of this away? And granted, I know all of it's not away. Uh, thank you for our team that is doing all of this online and digital stuff. But if everything was gone, uh, any access to church, any access to Bible studies online, like if it was up to us, what does our personal relationship with God look like? Our personal relationship. My faith is my relationship with God. My faith in Him, my trust in God, my worship to God. Um, it is not pastor's faith. It is not my Sunday school teacher's faith. It is not my parents' faith. It is truly mine. Uh, I remember as a child talking to mom and dad. My dad was in full-time ministry. Uh, mom was always active at church. And I, I, we were driving to church one Sunday morning. Dad was already there. And I asked mom, I said, mom, do, you know, do I always have to go to church? But, and I, of course I got the, the stern answer of yes, unless you're throwing up. Or, you know, you're injured and can't make it. But you will always go to church as long as you live in our house. And I, I knew that and I understood that. But I, I was questioning, you know, what does that look like? And I desperately wanted to be a truck driver when I was a kid. Um, BJ and the Bear, look it up. Fantastic TV show. Um, but I wanted to be a truck driver. And I thought, well, how can I go to church if I'm always driving a truck? Of course, mom came back with, well, we can record the messages for you on the cassette tape. Um, by the way, young ones, ask your parents what a cassette tape is. Um, 
but, but it was obvious growing up in my home that, that we were going to go to church. And maybe I struggled at that moment of, well, this is what mom and dad are making me do. You know, when has it truly become my faith? When am I choosing to pursue God in, in what I'm doing? And that's where I want us to, to be right now, is understanding that this relationship with God, this faith in God is my faith. It is your faith in relationship with God. It's not reliant and shouldn't be reliant on church, on pastors, on showing up and, and putting on your good Christian hat uh, for Sundays and then going back to normal, what your normal would be Monday through Saturday. Um, but looking at what my faith truly looks like. So today I want to take a look at our personal connection to God. And we're going to hit three points on this. It is our connection point, the connection strength, and then the connection source. Where does this connection, where does the source of this happen? So where does all of this begin? And we truly cannot be connected to God without a relationship with him. And that happens in salvation. Uh, when we ask Christ Jesus to be Lord of our life. John fourteen six says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the only way that we have access to God, that we can be connected with God, is through Christ Jesus. And that takes becoming a Christian. Uh, having a salvation, a, a time where you have asked Christ Jesus to be Lord of your life. For me, I was six years old. Like I said, I grew, in, I grew up in a church, uh, church family. Dad was always on staff at a church as I grew up. Uh, Mom was a librarian, by the way, and, and we had summer reading clubs, which was pretty cool. But growing up, always at church, all the time. Um, Sunday afternoons, I think we were there like five hours. Uh, Wednesday nights, had to stick around for choir practice. My dad led the choir. Uh, so many, many hours a week that we were at church. And about six years old is when I realized that there is something more to this than just showing up and having fun with friends, uh, that I knew that there was something about this Jesus uh, that I didn't have, that I didn't know all about. Um, and I knew at that moment that I needed to accept him myself as my Lord and Savior. Uh, and from there, got baptized right away. A really cool story about my baptism is the baptistry that we used was a small sanctuary uh, back, I won't tell you the year, but it was a long time ago. Um, and we ended up, this was back in Bakersfield, California. We went on and, and moved to Lompoc and Long story short, I eventually, in fact, it was a church before I came here, back in Bakersfield, I was a youth pastor, and the youth building was the old sanctuary where, where I got baptized in. Um, but I knew at some point I needed to understand that Christ Jesus died for my sins, that I had sin in my life that I needed taken care of, and that Christ Jesus as my Savior and Lord would take care of those sins. His blood would wash my sins away that I knew that that was the only way that I could have uh, spend eternity in heaven and understand that that was my connection to God, uh, that, that I was fully um, connected as a, a family member, as a brother and sister in Christ with other Christians, uh, as a brother to Christ himself, uh, that 
fully adopted into the family of God. And so this first piece, being connected with God, starts all of this. None of this can happen without uh, that salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. And if you are not sure about that, will you please reach out to someone? Uh, call me up so we can, I can help explain what it means to know that you are a child of God, that you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Savior and Lord. So this is this first piece, this connection point. And as we've talked about, that it's an individual choice. Um, you don't automatically become a Christian when you show up to church. Uh, that would almost be like saying that you're a car because you hung out in a garage. Um, that's not the point of it. It's, it's your personal relationship with God. And then from there, you're a connected church to a church family. In fact, it's an important piece of what it means to be a Christian at first. Uh, when, we, when you first accept Christ, is to get into a church family, to get baptized, and then have that encouragement, that love, that learning that happens with a church family. And what an awesome picture that is of the church. And as we get back together and as we have different venues uh, to grow in our faith and to learn, I cannot wait for us to get back together and and see us continue to grow as a church family and to continue to grow as as believers in Christ in our faith. But once we've started this relationship with God, where is the best and strongest connection? So this is the connection strength. Where do we feel the connection to God the strongest? And I think for a lot of us, it's being here at church. Um, when you have a focused time, focus on God, you, you have that feeling, you have that experience of, of paying attention to God, and He's talking to us through Bible study, through songs, through a, a, a sermon. And it, it is a great time to be at church. Um, I look forward to Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, all of our times that we are together. That there, it truly is a stronger, uh, a stronger time in my relationship with, relationship with God when we are at church. There might be a mountaintop experience on a trip that you went to or a retreat, um, a camp that you were like, wow, you know, I, I've never felt this close to God ever. And it might be on different mission trips, whatever you've experienced. When times that are focused on God that you feel, wow, this, is, this connection with God is really strong right now. Why isn't it that way all the time? And we aren't limited to the walls of this church to worship God and connect with Him. It can be anywhere. Um, and, and with this pandemic, we don't get to come to church. We have to find other ways outside. But let me show you in Scripture. If you turn with me to John 4... 19 to, verse, 19 to 24. And this is a woman at the well. Um, and we're going, she's going to have a conversation with, conversation with Jesus that, you know, he approaches her for a drink. He almost immediately reveals her sin to her. And things are getting a little uncomfortable at this time. Uh, you know, it's a little awkward to have a conversation with a stranger. But then realizing that this this stranger really is someone, either a prophet or in, she ends up discovering that he's the Messiah. But, but having a conversation, and so in this conversation of Jesus revealing her sin to her, she's trying to change the subject. Uh, she truly might be 
curious of what his um, his take on this situation is. But she she diverts with a kind of a, a theological question to kind of distract him and, and get off topic from what her her life situation is. But if you read with me on John, in John chapter four verse nineteen, and we'll read through twenty four. Here is the conversation that the woman is trying to have with Jesus. She says, The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. She was curious as a prophet, if she saw him as a prophet at that moment, of this big debate that the Samaritans um, were calling Mount Gerizim the, the true place of worship. But the Jews knew that the true place of worship was in Jerusalem. So she was like, all right, Jesus, so who do you, you know, what place is really the true place of worship? Is it here on this mountain or is it back in Jerusalem for the Jews? And so he goes on to say, um, believe, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So here is a situation where Jesus is like, look, there's going to be a time where the, the temple in Jerusalem and this temple on this mountain are not going to matter. Uh, that we worship God, who is spirit, in our spirit and in truth. That there is no walls, there is no certain location. God is not limited and not restricted to a church or a building or a synagogue. He is everywhere. He is to be worshipped in spirit and truth. And the irony of it is we can be in a building of worship. We can be here, and I'm guilty of this, um, that I show up for worship and I'm so distracted. I have, I have no focus on God whatsoever. Um, and how many times... Even knowing that this is a great place to come and, and to experience that strength of the connection, but we're disconnected. Um, but realizing as we leave this place that God is still there, um, that full access to God is everywhere because we worship Him in spirit and in truth. Uh, we worship Him in our heart and in our mind and in, in our strength. Everything that we are and who we are can worship God the Father. So here is this picture of, of Jesus saying to the woman at the well, there's no limitations on who God is and how we worship him. We tend to think of this connection as happening in a particular place, but it's not. Worship is not about location. It is about a God that we adore and admire and, and love and give all praise, honor, and glory to. We come together to worship God on Sundays as a way to encourage one another, but true worship is not reserved for inside the walls of the church. We do not get better reception of God simply by being in this building. We don't get better reception because we are here. 
we get amazing reception. I pray that we are focused on God when we're here at church. But we have full, the same amount of strength and connection to God anywhere that we go. Because we worship God. God is in us. We are in Him. Wherever we go, that strength can stay the same. Is it more difficult? Absolutely. Because when we're here, we're focused. And when we go off to work and school and everything that we do, we get distracted. Um, things get in our, in our mind. We get busy. And we miss the opportunity to have that sweet relationship with God on a more personal level. And, and looking throughout all of Scripture, there's so many other stories of how God spoke and interacted and engaged with us, with, with people, um, away from the, the synagogue. In Acts 16, here's Paul and Silas, who are in prison, start praying and singing. They're having a worship time. Uh, it's not in the church. There's no cool amps and guitars and keyboards. They're singing from their hearts. And what does God do? He hears them. And the earthquake comes, and the prison doors are open. And how cool is it, by the way, that God is in the details also? Even the shackles are broken. And, and drop off of their arms and hands. Um, and so, here they are in prison. Look at Revelation chapter 1 as Revelation begins. Here is John at the island of Patmos in prison, and he hears, he is, he is having a time of worship. He says that he was um, in the Spirit. And so he was having this time of communion with God, and he hears a loud voice. So here's God talking to John, not in, not in church, not in a certain location, a, a certain dedicated synagogue or, or place where you go to worship or you go to experience God. God's at work everywhere that we are. Um, and then Jesus' ministry. If you look at Jesus' ministry, the majority of times that he engaged and had conversation with people that's recorded, he is not in the synagogue. He is all over the place. And of course, my ADHD caused me to do a little Google search. And I, I Googled, how many miles did Jesus walk in his ministry? There's an answer, by the way, on the, online. It is 3,125 miles. Um, I would have to go back and do some, some calculating to double-check that number. That's what the Internet said. But here's a picture of Christ Jesus who wasn't just, hey, here I am, the Son of God, come to the synagogue, you know, hear from me, and then we'll move on. You know, do you do your own thing away from the, the church building? No, he was amongst the people talking. So here is a God that loves us so much that we don't, we're not limited to our access to him. We don't have a certain location where the strength in our relationship with God is stronger. He's, he's available all the time. Um, he is in us. We are in him. There is this relationship that is about every moment of our day. A personal relationship. That God, we have full access to him. He is in our life doing a work. And what an amazing God that we have. That we don't get just little tidbits of him throughout our week. We have access to him all the time. So how do we maintain this strong connection, this relationship with God? It's not easy. Most of the time, it's not easy. Like I said, we get distracted. We get caught up in, in our own thoughts and our own minds and our own lives and the busyness of everything that's going on. 
But the cool thing is, where is this source coming from? If we plug in something, you know, a hairdryer, I, I kept going back to inflatables in the, in the gym, um, that we have to plug into a power source. And so here we are trying to connect to God. But let me talk about what this connection to God is and what this source is of where the source of our relationship comes from. And I'm going to read to you from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 18. Ephesians 2, verses 13 through 18. But now in Christ Jesus, who you once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So we start with the sacrifice of Christ and this salvation that we have in him. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. By the way, you have your markers for the Trinity verse. Let me read verse 18 again. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So here is our relationship with Christ Jesus. That his shed blood takes care of our sin, brings us into a right relationship with God. We have the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Um, who indwells in us and does a work in us and helps us to even communicate with God to God the Father. Um, and so this source of power, is, is, it's all from God. That source of the, our connection to God is God. That's how much he loves us and that he wants desperately our time and our relationship, that our relationship, my personal relationship with God is as precious as anyone else's. Um, and what a beautiful picture of this God that loves us, not just because we're part of a church, but because we have chosen to love him. And so God the Father allows full access to him because of the shed blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. So why don't we feel close to him sometimes? And why don't we have, if we know that we have full access to God, if he's everywhere we are, then why sometimes is my faith weak? Why sometimes does that connection feel like, God, I think you unplugged from me. Like, I don't even know that you're around. I don't hear you. I don't sense you. I don't feel you. I don't, where are you, God? And sometimes we have that disconnect. And there's, there's many things, and, and we could do a whole sermon on this. Um, but why don't I feel close to him at all times? And some of it is sin. A lot of it is sin. Um, it causes guilt in our, in our heart that we feel not worthy enough to, to have a conversation with God. Um, sin separates us and, and causes this, this some, some division, it feels like, um, which isn't right. Because God, like I said, God is still there. And, and Christ's shed blood has covered all of our sin, but there's still that guilt. There's still the element of sin, and that's not feeling worthy to go back to him. Um, we rely on ourselves. We try to do things on our own that we 
lean on our own understanding instead of following him. And there's an element of that. I am super guilty of that. I'm also really guilty of the sin part. Um, We fear sacrifice. Here's this one. What if God wants me to give up something that I don't want to give up? Uh, What am I not going all in in my life? God's gone all in and with on his side of this relationship, but I'm not, ah, man, God, if I go all in, you're going to ask me to do some crazy stuff. And it, it might be true. Um, and so we have a fear of sacrifice. There's a, there's an, a mistrust um, that, God, I, I feel like you're not even there. I don't hear you. I don't see you at work. You've left me. And so it's hard to trust him again. So there's all these elements of what it means to have God accessible to us, but realizing he's the source, um, that we just have to obey and be obedient in our relationship with him. I love this old illustration of a a couple who buys a pickup truck, bench seats, and they're loving it. Um, This is before the the seatbelt laws, by the way, Um, but, but... the wife would snuggle up to the husband while they're driving and just have a grand time in this truck. But then over time, over the years and years, and different things going on in life, one day they're driving down the road and he realizes she's way over on the other side of the bench in her own space. And she finally turns to him and says, well, what, what happened to us? And all he said was, well, I'm not the one that moved. Um, and here's God who's not going to move, who has still full access. We have to him. But sometimes in that feeling distant, it was us that got away and us, us that kind of moved away from being in that sweet time and relationship with, with God. So God loves us. As much as we try and fail, taking two steps forward and three steps back, feeling frustrated in, in our connection with him, We feel like we are the closest we've ever been to God and then wake up the very next day discouraged. He still loves us. He is the one at work in our life. We just have to be obedient. And let me give you one more passage. And this is Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13. It says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Here is God at work in us, fully accessible to us. But what does our faith look like when it is fully reliant on us? How can we continue to grow in our faith? How can we continue to work on our personal relationship with God? And two, actually three very important elements. One is to be a part of a church. I know we've talked about this whole time, what life and our faith looks like away from church or if church is gone. But be a part of a church family with the encouragement of brothers and sisters in Christ, of teaching and worship and learning from those who have gone ahead of of us and on this faith journey is an amazing piece of of our growth and our connection to God. And then there's prayer. I mentioned at the beginning that we still have full access to God to pray and communicate with Him. And what a precious gift that God's given us direct line to Him. And 
we can spend, and, and Scripture says to pray without ceasing, to always be in prayer, to pray throughout the day, um, to wake up in the morning and pray, and to spend time with Him, just being aware of God in, in our every day, all day. And for me, praying is a focused time with God. Um, I, I'm not diagnosed yet, but I promise I have ADHD. If you know me, you know I have ADHD. And even in my prayer time, when I'm focused on God, I, you know, squirrel. It, 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 it's difficult, and I know that. We all are going through that. But when I pray, I know that I'm talking to God the Father, um, that I have full access to Him. And what an amazing time. And prayer is talking to God, but listen, it's also God talking to us. A very strong lesson, finally kind of grasped a little bit, is to be still um, and to hear Him. The times that I felt like I wasn't hearing God, He was still there at work. Was I listening and stopping and being still enough to hear? Probably not. But the times that I consciously thought to be still, I knew that God was at work in my life. So being a part of church, reading or praying, and then getting into the Bible. Um, God's Word, God's Holy Word is full of love for us, full of guidance and direction, full of a, a small picture of who God is as we dig deeper into His Word. And so spend time with Him. Spend time. We all have a little extra time now, some of us. But spend time even even reading just a few verses a day. Um, there's different apps. Uversion has a number of devotions to be a part of, with reminders, by the way, which help. Um, if you don't know where to start reading, read through the book of John. Read through Psalms or Proverbs. Take time and, and realize that God can speak. It will speak to us through his word. I have Bibles in my office, by the way, a whole bunch, ready to give away. If you do not have a Bible that you want um, or the, that you don't have, let me know, please, and we will get a Bible into your hands. And I was debating on this because sometimes I have a hard time following through, so I'm going to do it anyway. I want us for the next 30 days to spend 10 minutes in a quiet time. Ten, ten, it doesn't seem like a lot. But if you think about it, if you do 10 minutes a day, that's more than an hour a week that you have yourself intentionally spent time with God. And if, if 10 minutes is more than zero minutes, then you're ahead of the game. Um, and so I have a prop because I need, I need big reminders. If you've ever seen my desk, I need visual reminders to do things. So I made a little chart. Not really a chart. I simply did this. You could put a reminder on your phone, but I grabbed a um, piece of paper and wrote 1 through 30 on it, and I'm going to make a mark all 30 days. And by the way, if you skip a day, then just do 20 minutes the next day. But my commitment is to do 30 days of just 10 minutes. I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but a little bit more of God, God tends to multiply this um, tends to speak into our, our life more with just that little bit of obedience. Maybe it becomes an hour a day. Maybe it becomes more. Um, that's my challenge to us as we are continuing in this relationship with God, our personal relationship with God. And let me close with this. 
as a connection to God is our priority, as we've talked about, that it's, it's pretty impossible to continue on in the things of God if we have not made him our Lord and Savior and we have not fully trusted God with our life. So as a connection to God is our priority, it leads to connecting with our church, connecting with our community. As we continue to pursue God and love God, it causes us to love others. We will get back together. Uh, Technically and technologically, we already are. But it feels different, and I do miss our gatherings together. The encouragement for my own faith, my own personal relationship with God. And here's my prayer as we continue to be this church, outside the walls of this church, uh, that we glorify God in all that we do. And here's my prayer that we come out of this situation stronger and better as a church. And it starts with us. It starts with our relationship with God. It starts with our connecting and continuing to grow the community and family of our church but into the community of Waldorf and Charles County and Southern Maryland and into the other parts of the, of the earth. I am so proud of our church as we have continued in this time, and I pray that we are reminded how much God loves us and how much we have the awesome opportunity to have full access to God and that we pursue Him with all of our being, even though it looks different than it usually does. Uh, that we continue to grow in our faith and seek him in all things. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this time that we have come to just be reminded that first of all, you love us. Second of all, that we have full access to you. You have not changed. Uh, Things have changed. The way we do worship has changed. The way we are a church has changed. But Father, you are there. You have not changed. We still have all access to you. Father, I pray for us individually in our pursuit of our faith relationship with you. Father, I pray for us as a church uh, that we come back together when we can gather together stronger, better, more faithful and committed to you and the work of you, of what you have for our church. Father, I thank you for this time that you've given us, that you truly have been glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.